Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Go with me please over to Luke chapter 8. We are continuing a series of messages called Seek and Save the Battle for Lost Souls. And when I've been framing this, you know, we're it's spiritual warfare every time we engage uh, in the things of God. Coming to church, it's spiritual warfare. How many parents says, you got that right, Pastor? Amen. You got to fight everything just to get to the house of God, right? It's spiritual warfare to worship. Your flesh doesn't want to worship. Uh, we don't want to lift our hands as a posture of surrender. You know, we don't want to take that time and pray and seek the Lord. Why? Because you're fighting against the flesh. It's a battle. Whenever we witness and share our faith, that's what I'm focusing on, we will engage in spiritual warfare. And this, this uh, Harvest Festival, our community has been looking forward to it. They're excited about it. And we, that is spiritual warfare. People are going to come to this place to get candy, to ride ponies, whatever. Well, they're going to hear at the, at the top of every hour, we've got John the Baptist as, and, uh, and uh, his wife, Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Davenport and uh, Don putting on us. We're getting back to doing these skits and dramas. We did it every year, uh, and they're going to do this. They're going to hear the message of the gospel at the top of every hour. And many are going to come here with different religious beliefs, atheists, whatever. They're gonna just going to come here because it's a free celebration. Well, amen. Jesus said, put on a banquet if you have to and invite them all. And if those that don't come, he said, go into the highways and byways because I want my house full of people. And so that's what we do with the Harvest Fest. And when they sit out and they hear the gospel, I'm telling you, that's spiritual warfare. And so we need to be in prayer that God will see some people come to the Lord through that. That's spiritual warfare. And today I want to talk about the unbeliever's battle. And this is probably going to go a couple of weeks. And we're going to discuss what people have to fight, what you had to fight to come to Jesus. You know, I wish it was a switch on everybody's back. You could just walk up and flip that switch and they would become on fire and in love with Jesus. I'd be running to Walmart flipping switches. Wouldn't you grab your kids and flip switches? But how I many know it's not that way? Many people want uh, the new life that's in Jesus Christ. They, they're tired of their life, but they don't know how. And, and I'm going to talk about what keeps people in darkness. And many of us believers fight this spirit that I'm talking about here today. So we're going to look at one of the most dramatic stories of deliverance in Je Jesus' ministry. It's called the demoniac or the Gadarean. This man was physically demonic. He was demon-possessed. And whenever you talk about this stuff, I know people can kind of get whatever, but it's Bible. The devil is real, and uh, we're going to talk about that today. And I want to look at Luke's version. It's in Luke chapter 8, verse 26. It says, Then they sailed to the country of the Gadareans, which is opposite of Galilee. And when Jesus stepped on the land... There met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. Soon as Jesus stepped out of the boat, I want you to know, everybody else just thought it's a Jewish person coming over in their territory. But the devil in hell knew what was happening. When you get saved, the devil knows it. He knows it. And this man come running up to Jesus. He's been 
he was, uh, met him a certain man who had demons for a long time, and he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but he was living in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and he fell down before him. What a scene this must have been. And with a loud voice, he said, what have I to do with you, Jesus? This is the, actually the demon speaking. Son of the most high God, I beg you do not torment me. Matthew adds before the time because the devil knows his time's limited. Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man for it, it had often seized him and he was kept under guard bound with chains and shackles and he broke the bonds and was driven. Everybody say driven. So important to see this is what the devil does. He was driven by the demons into the wilderness. Jesus said, what is your name? He said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. A full-strength Roman legion platoon was 6,000 soldiers. So this man had a lot of evil in him going on. And he, they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. And I'm going to circle back to this in a couple of weeks and talk about territorial, just, just some other things that is really important to see this. Verse 32, now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him, the demons did, that he would not permit them to enter him. He per and so he permitted them. Okay, he, he permitted them to enter the pigs. Verse 33, then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd ran violently down or was driven down the steep place into the lake and drowned. When those who had fed the swine, they saw what had happened, they fled. I mean, oh, you'd be running too. They ran into every place. Look what it, they ran into the cities. They ran uh, into the country. They went everywhere. And then they went out to see what had happened and they came to Jesus. People came to Jesus to see what was happening. Look at this verse. And they found the man for from whom the demons had departed, look at this, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? That's where all of us need to be, sitting at the feet of Jesus. He was clothed, and he was in his right mind. And they were afraid. Look at this. They were afraid. They also, who had seen it, told them by what means he who had been demon-possessed was healed. Everybody say healed. It's important to see that word there. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the Gadareans celebrated and came to church and said, man, Jesus is awesome. No, I wish that's what happened, but it's not. Look what happened. They asked Jesus to depart from them, for they were seized, here it is, with great fear. One of the saddest sentences is the next one. Jesus got into his boat and left. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that your anointing would be upon us today. Father, whether we are coming out today on a traditional, typical Sunday, in your eyes, it is not that at all. There is a battle raging before the souls of men for believers and unbelievers, Lord. Every day we wake up, we drive through it, we work, we interact with people that are lost, that are in darkness, that are in bondage. Many don't even know it, many do, and just don't know how to get help. Father, as we look in your word and as we hear the preaching of the word today, I pray that you would bring freedom. For where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
And Father, we pray today that you would just give a spirit of freedom in this place and break the spirit of bondage from the enemy and eyes would be opened, hearts would be aligned and turned to you so we can experience the freedom. We can sit at your feet and be clothed in your righteousness and suit up with the whole armor of God and have a spirit not of fear but power, love, and a sound mind. We pray this today in Jesus' name. And if you agree with us, say amen and amen. You may be seated. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Jesus. The Gadarean, there are two main theme statements that I want to reiterate every week that kind of um, are the theme for this series and these messages. And that is, number one, no one is beyond God's reach. This man that we read about in the story was an outcast. Society didn't know what to do with him. They tried everything that they could. They tried their, their medicines. They tried their therapies that was available in those days, and none of them seemed to work. They could not reason with the man, and the Bible says he was actually driven by the spirits and put into this area of Decapolis, which are... 10 cities, and I'll talk about that a little bit more in a couple weeks, and he was living in the tombs. Not that graveyards are haunted, but they were a place where people would put people that, that were dead, that didn't know what to do with them, and, and uh, that's the only place where he found isolation, and he was there. He was beyond the reach of any medicine or any man, but he was not beyond the reach of God. Did you hear that? Because no one is beyond God's reach. And Jesus made an extra trip just for this man because this was the only ministry that he had done when he got there was this right here. The disciples are not even mentioned in this story much because when it comes to fighting against the principalities and powers, it's, it's time for the Holy Spirit to speak up and everybody else to be quiet. Come on, somebody. Amen? And Jesus got off the boat and he delivered this man because no one is beyond God's reach. And no matter where you are today or you may have loved ones that are in a situation that may not be as severe or as dramatic as this kind of bondage, but I just want you to know, or maybe some of them are, and I know how that is. There's many people that are walking around in bondage today and don't even realize that they, they want to change, but they can't break the cycle because it is a spiritual bondage that's on them. And I want you to know that no one is beyond God's reach. God can set them free. And secondly, someone is within your reach. So these are the two main sentences and themes of this series as we go through it I want to bring out to you today. I love Luke's gospel when he told this story. This story is told in Matthew and in Mark and all th three of the synoptic gospels anyway. But Luke tells this story from a doctor's perspective. Luke was not a disciple of Christ. He was what we believe is the only Gentile in the Bible. He was also a physician. He was trained in medicine. He wrote the book of Acts. He assisted Paul in his journey. And here he records the story from a physician's perspective. And it's important because he's the only one that uses the word healed. He said this man that Jesus encountered was healed. Why is that important? The word healed there, he uses sozo. Everybody say sozo. You're speaking Greek. It means to make whole in body, soul, and spirit. The doctor witnessed what had happened, and he said that he saw that this man was troubled. You can be troubled in your body. You can be troubled in your psychology, in your mind, 
and you can be troubled in your spirit. And it's hard to discern whether a person is dealing with an actual demonic spirit and he's possessed or they are oppressed or just have a troubled mind because you can have a troubled mind and have a psychological problem and a chemical imbalance and things like that and it may not be a spiritual problem. The thing you, that Luke tells us right here, no matter what the problem is, Jesus is the same answer. Let me say that again. No matter what the problem is, Jesus is the answer. He can heal us physically, he can heal us emotionally, and he certainly can heal us spiritually. He is the good physician. He's able to heal the whole body. Luke says this man was made whole in his body, in his soul, and in his spirit. Why? Because he met Jesus. And I told you last week how in the secular community of psychology and therapy, the APA has made room for Christian uh, counselors now to come into the field because they've witnessed firsthand that the power of the gospel and the, the way that Christians help people uh, with counseling and things like that have great success, so much so that the secular community is, can't turn a blind eye to it and they're letting us in to minister. Why? Because we have the answer. Everybody say, I have the answer. So the work of the devil, what is the work of the devil? And he's obvious in this chapter. His main objective is to keep people isolated from God and from his truth. Why? Because it's only the truth that can set you free. That's exactly what the enemy does is he isolates. And here he isolated this man. The Bible says he was driven into this man. He drives. Same thing happened to the pigs when the demons got at them. They were driven. The enemy drives people away from God. His ultimate goal is to destroy us. He does this through substances. He does this through other things. And that's, it's not always substance abuse. I mean, Satan came to Jesus and he didn't offer him drugs and alcohol. He offered him money and power. So you may be here today or someone listening, and you don't have a problem with substance abuse. That's not your thing. But the enemy has got other ways that he will try to get you on a path that will lead you away from God's truth. And then sometimes and many times it's money and having the big thing and having that and being distracted and going after that. It could be philosophy, religion. There are philosophers today that are indoctrinating our culture just like it was in Socrates' day. You say, we ain't no philosophers today. Yeah, they are. they're called influencers. And I watch some of them, and many of them are good. But I'm telling you this, you open up YouTube, you follow TikTok, and I'm telling you there is an indoctrination that's happening through all these things. And we, we like it, they make us laugh, and they have the sounds on the YouTube channel and on the podcast. But if you listen to what they're saying, they're actually influencing a culture of people. We'll really unpack that in a couple of weeks. And it's not always from God. John the Apostle says, test the spirits, for not every spirit is from God. Not everything you hear is truth, even though they label it truth. I ain't getting no amens this morning. These are all ways, my point is, that the enemy uses. There is a real devil, and he's not a little man running around in a pitchfork in a red suit. He is the evil influence. <laughs> He is the evil influence of evil today. Not every, uh, the devil says this, Jesus said this about the devil, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said that. He said the thief, the devil, he calls him the thief. Jesus didn't call devil the devil too often. He called him a murderer. He called him a liar. And here he calls him a thief. 
He come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have life more abundantly. The enemy, that's his mission statement. We have a mission statement here at our church. We are the church. Amen? When you walked in the worship center, it's on that wall. Uh, we are the church. And in those five sentences, we're called to represent Christ and influence others. You can sum it up to saying this right here. Our mission statement is this. We are the church. Tell the person next to you, you're sitting next to the church. You're sitting next to the church. We have an awesome, another group of people in our growth track this morning. I love it. First thing they learn in our, in our growth track, step one, is our mission statement and our purpose. We are a missional church. We are the church. Well, the devil has a mission statement, and it's right here. He come to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal everything he can from you. He wants to steal your peace, your joy, your purpose. He wants to deceive you. He wants to get your gifts that God's given you to lie dormant and for you to not even discover what they are. He wants to, then he wants to, to, to kill and destroy. I, I thought he would stop at steal and kill, but no, he says destroy. Destroy is exactly what Jesus came or Satan came to do. But Jesus said, I come that you may have life. Now, not, everyone, not every unbeliever, now listen to me, not every unbeliever has a demon possessing them. You can sit next to a person and they, you know, you're not sitting next to a person that's got a demon just because they may be a little angry or live with somebody uh, or work with somebody that is a little, that, that's unbeliever. Unbelievers, they may not have a demon possessing them. The Bible talks about demon possession where he takes control of a person like in our story. The Bible also discusses, uh, talks about uh, demonic oppression which Lot and Peter, Lot was a righteous man, but he was oppressed by the evil things he saw and he heard daily. He was oppressed means to be heavy, means to be influenced. And a Christian can be oppressed, but a spirit-believing Christian, you can't be full of the Holy Spirit and have a demon in you. I just want to let you know that right now. I don't care what you read on YouTube. There is no scripture in the Bible that says a person full of the Holy Spirit is also full of Satan. They're not down there playing cards or arm wrestling. I'm here to tell you. When the light comes on, darkness has to go. However, a Christian can be oppressed by the devil, and we have that in the New Testament as stated. But here's the thing. Not everyone may have a demon. Not every unbeliever has a demon possessing them like this man. However, everyone who is not walking in the light, hear me, is walking in darkness. And according to the Bible, they are under the power or influence of the devil. They just don't realize it. They may not even believe in the devil. They may not even believe in none of this, but they are on a path, listen, that is leading them away from the truths of God. This is what the enemy does. He wants to isolate us. He wants to get you away. That's why it's spiritual warfare for you to come to church. It's spiritual warfare for you to log on and watch. It's spiritual warfare for you to open your Bible because the enemy don't want you to know the truth. He doesn't, he'd rather you watch five hours on YouTube talking about everything from everything you see. He will try anything he can to get you from getting in this word. And when you open up this word, I guarantee you, you are engaging in spiritual warfare. He's you will engage when you share your faith. And I'm going to show you today why many of us don't and why many of us fight this, leading away from the things of God. They don't even believe it, but they're on a path that's leading them away from the things of God. Proverbs says this, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but its end leads to death. There is a way, there is a way that seems right to a man. Everybody's on it. These are your coworkers, and some of you may be on this road right here today. 
You're on a road that you think is right. You're on a road that you think is fine. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is on this same road. But the Bible says it leads to destruction. What did Jesus say? Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many, which is the Greek word majority, of them go on that road. But straight is the way and narrow, Greek word difficult, is the way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. Many are on this road and don't even realize it. Many of our coworkers that we pass every day, that we talk to, that we love, people in our family, you know, like, hey man, I just got back from Rio, or talking about their life, and you know, they seem to be the farthest thing from being on a road that leads to destruction. But spiritually speaking, I'm telling you today, if they died, they would not be in the presence of God. They would be lost for an eternity. This is spiritual warfare for you to reach out to them. We pass and interact with people all the time, and they're on this path. That seems right unto a man. Many of you are on that path today. And I pray before the end of this service that you will surrender and get on the right road. Get on the right road, because Jesus come to give you life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. Don't shout me down today. Jesus, I told you this last week. I had a little problem with my ear thing again today. Acts 26, we read this last week. Jesus said to the apostle Paul, he says, I'm calling you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. Look at that. He said, Paul, I'm use, I want to use you to bring people from darkness to light, spiritually speaking, from under the power. That word power there means influence. It's the very first definition in the Greek is under the influence. People are under the influence. We are influenced by the things we hear, voices, the way we were raised. All these different things influence our lives. There, there is a war raging against Israel. Someone who, who got that in their mind to attack them, that whole thing, I'm telling you, if you are a spiritual person who knows about God in the Bible, you understand what I'm telling you that there are principalities and powers and, and spirits of wickedness that influence culture and influence nations. And this is what they do is to destroy people. But Jesus said, I've called you to open their eyes, to open their eyes and bring them out and bring them into light. So from this text, just reading it, I begin to say, what is the unbeliever's battle? What do people got to battle to come out of the darkness and come into light? And God gave me, three, and I'm only going to focus on one today, and it's this. It's the spirit of fear. It's the spirit of fear. This is a fear. It's a fear thing. Everybody say fear. fear. I know it gets a lot of attention this time of year. Jesus uses faith. The devil uses fear. Satan counterfeits everything God has. Everything God has. He does not create anything on his own. There's not a new anything. It's the same three temptations that he tempted Jesus with are the same three temptations that you and I are tempted with every day. They're under one of the three categories. And there's a many reasons, many that hold people, many, many people are held back today. And you may think, what's going on? It's a spirit of fear. Spirit of fear. It's a spirit. Now, there's different levels of fear. Look at 2 Timothy. I think he got it up there. Jesus says this to Timothy. I'll come back to this. But he says, stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power love and of a sound mind. So there is a spirit of fear that can even attack God's people. But I want to start with this, that there are different manifestations or levels of fear. 
There is a good and a healthy fear. It's called the fear of God that us believers need to have. Fear of God will keep us out of sin and keep us out of trouble because you have a healthy fear of the Lord. That's good. It's good to have a good fear of God. Uh, Moses had a fear of God. The Egyptians feared the plagues, but they didn't fear the Lord. Moses feared the Lord and didn't have to worry about the plagues. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's good. There is an emotion of fear that God put in us, actually even in animals. In the book of Genesis, the, God said, the Bible says that God put that fear in animals. So all of our deer hunters, that's why the deer run away from us, guys. You can't just run up to a 10-point buck and just, yeah, I got it. They will run. <laughs> that's in your Bible. The Bible says God put the tread of men in the, So having a healthy fear of fire is a good thing. Uh, having a fear of snakes. We don't handle snakes. We're Pentecostal, but we ain't that Pentecostal. Amen. You see a snake, you better put your foot on it and drive it out of here. We, I talk with many in our community, and, man, it's, it's, it's a joke, an on-running joke. And one of the guys said, yeah, man, I heard of your church. It's awesome and everything else. He said, but I heard you were Pentecostal. Does that mean you handle snakes? I said, no. Stop that. He came to one of our services and almost got saved. You fool around with the Holy Ghost, you're going to get, come on, keep coming to River of Life. God's going to get you. Amen. You start coming, you go, wait a minute, this ain't as crazy as I think. Wait a minute, this is, this is not, what see, that's a, that's a lie from the devil. Again, to keep you away from God's truth. He's got all kind of things that he tries to put in our mind and in our, uh, in our life to think that the, not to come to Jesus. So there's, so there's the spirit of fear, then there's the emotion of fear, and the emotion of fear may be a good thing, but then the spirit of fear may reveal itself in many other different ways. There is a spirit of fear. We read about this man. He is demonic. He is demon-possessed. He's got many demons in him, and I want you to know that is real. There are real demon-possessed people, real uh, and whenever you talk about this, boy, you get people thinking all kinds of crazy ways, but there is really people that are bound by the devil. It's real. I've seen it. I, number one, I believe it because, number one, because the Bible says it's true. Whether I ever see it or not, I'm going to believe it because the Bible says it. And secondly, I believe in this because I've seen it happen. I've seen people, I've been even used by God for deliverances. And, and again, not everybody that has a problem has a demon possessing them, but a lot of uh, the devil's just not, he's in the open square today. He's on award shows. He's right on in TV. He's right in our face today. And it's a funny, cute little thing to, to just welcome the devil. And he's got, the Bible says he's blinded the minds of the unbelievers. See, there's a real thing. And the thing I want to just tell you as your pastor is be careful on some of the stuff you watch and, and you pay attention to and, and things like that. There are some real uh, spiritual ramifications that can, can really mess you up if you start getting onto his territory and opening up yourself to this stuff. Hallelujah. I was going to share a story. I don't know if I will. I brought it up to Melinda. She goes, honey, I was just thinking about that story. And I said, yeah, but I don't know. But there's this, I'll just share it with you. Man, I even got into it. There's this, I was delivering, uh, I used to work for Intamins and and would sell, would um, deliver cakes to grocery stores. And I was at a Kroger. I was at a grocery store. This was when I first got saved. I had like uh, several encounters. When I first got saved, I started just seeing this stuff about demons and spiritual warfare. Man, I had some encounters. It was amazing. A kid and a, a young man across the street from me was uh, got delivered. I have to tell that another time. But this, I was sitting there putting donuts on this table, doing my job early in the morning. And I remember I got down. 
And all of a sudden, I was on my knees packing the table, and I just smelled this very foul odor. And I thought it was the freezers, okay, that were going out. This was an older Kroger, but let me tell you, we were in a very, very wealthy community here in southeast Michigan. Okay, is one of the most wealthiest counties is Oakland, North Oakland County is the ele- one of the most wealthiest counties in America. Did you know that? North Oakland County. So I was up there, a very fancy neighborhood, and I smelled this odor. And I said, man, these, these people got money. This Kroger got money. What they fixed their freezers, you know? <laughs> I looked over, and this was a person, and sh- they were dressed in this raggedy black garment. And uh, it was a woman, and she had a staff. And she had her hair. She was a very older woman. She was probably late 70s, early 80s. And she had long gray hair all the way down to her back. And it was in a ponytail about this big around with rubber bands on it. And uh, it, she was just like a homeless person. It was, and I was like, it took your breath. I don't know why that's funny. But anyway, it, was, uh, it, it took your breath when, when, you, when you encountered that. And I was like, and I looked over at her and I said, whoa. And I'm telling you, when I, when I smelled that, it was awful. I'm telling you, it's like fear just come right over my body. I looked at her. She looked over at me. I'm not making this up. And gave me the craziest look you ever saw and began to walk away. I began to just, I'm telling you, like fear just come over me. Like, I began to pray in the Holy Spirit. I was just filled with the Holy Ghost. Like, this is all new to me. And I was not even thinking about this. I'm just putting donuts up. I'm looking down and I'm holding devil's food donuts. I'm like, okay, devil. <laughs> had to release some tension there. Amen. So, so uh, that happened. The lady, the lady left. So I'm praying the Holy Spirit. I'm saying, man, so I'm walking through Kroger and I got to get back to the back room where my truck is parked, where you, you get through the receiver and all of that. And so I, I got to get to the back room. So I'm on my way back there. I turn the corner. There she is. I just on the other side of a shopping cart. She stops. She looks at me. She gets in my face and she said, she said, I was there when Peter tried to walk on the boat and I stopped him and I'll stop you too. That's what I said. Fear hit me. I knew exactly what happened to Peter when he got out of the boat. Spirit of fear was on this woman. I looked at her and I said, can I pray for you? Now, this is a woman who I tell you guesstimate about 80 years old. She took off out of that store as if she was 25 years old. I've never seen with her staff and her odor and everything went with her. And I said, oh, my gosh. And I went to the back room. I sat down in the back room, and I said, I just need a minute. And the receiver, who I know over working there, she's like, man, you look like you saw a ghost. What happened? I says, you ain't going to believe what happened. She goes, try me. You know, she said, try me. I said, okay. I said, I was out there minding my own business. And I said, this lady come in dressed like a witch. She goes, oh, you met Miss so-and-so. And I said, you know this lady. And she goes, oh, yo, yeah, everybody knows her in the store. She was a very successful uh, internal designer, interior designer, very sought after, very successful. She lives in this house and described the house in this very nice neighborhood right around the street from the supermarket and said, that's the house with all the windows closed and everything like that. And, oh, yeah. What happened was, and she tells me the story, how she was very successful in her right mind, very educated, very, you know, uh, come from an affluent family. And she had a son, and she took care of her son. 
Well, her son got sick and died, and this woman just, it just set her down a path where she just began to get in some dark stuff. She never left her house. She began to get physically sick, and she would let nobody would come to see her. Her family tried to help her. She had nothing to do with nobody, and then she said, this is what is now left of her right now. She says, she's a little floop, loopy, and I said, she's more than just a little loopy. I said, there is a spiritual thing going on with her. And for the next two hours, I sat there and talked to this young girl. And she said, I know what you're saying is true because I grew up in a youth group at a church. And I've had experience with people uh, that were demon possessed that were in the witchcraft and the occult. And she said, I just walked away from the Lord. And she got tears in her eyes. And I sat there and just ministered the gospel of Jesus Christ to her right there. Telling you that whole story to tell you that there are a real spirit of fear that can get people in a situation that is not physical, but that is spiritual and it is real. I never saw that woman again. She quit going to that store and I got off the route. I thought about getting to my car, driving to her house and knocking on the door, but I don't think that wasn't God's, I just didn't do it. I didn't feel that way. But there are things that we can open ourselves up to and the enemy is, is real that he will try to do that. Now that is your extreme case there of somebody getting into that. But I'm telling you, there are spirits of fear that is from Satan himself that we all battle. And it's in this story. And I'm going to start from the bottom verse in the next two weeks and show you how the spirit affects different people. This is the spirit of fear. Look at the last verse. It says, because what, what, what keeps people from coming to Jesus? That's the message today. What keeps people? Why didn't that woman, you know, come to Jesus in the very beginning when she lost her son, you know? Why don't people just come to Jesus? It's a good question that we ask. And I believe one of them is the spirit of fear. And here you find it in the uh, farmers who had the pigs. And it says there, uh, if you have that last scripture, that therefore, I, no, that's not it. Put that scripture where it says, they asked Jesus to depart from them for they were overcome with great fear. That word fear is phobos, where we get the word phobia. This was people that they were stunned by what they just saw and they were overcome with fear of not wanting to serve God. This is what I call the fear of the cost of for following Jesus. Many people do not come to Jesus Christ because they're afraid of what they may have to give up or what it might cost to follow Jesus. You see this in the farmers because serving Jesus costed them their pigs. And it's amazing how people are more comfortable with their pigs and demons than they are with the peace and promises of God. I said it's amazing that people are more comfortable with their pigs and demons than they are with the peace and promises of God. They were more offended at the disruption to the power of God than they were with this naked crazy man running through their town. They can get used to People will get used to the most chaotic and dysfunctional places in their life because the devil told you if you got to serve God, he's going to take your pigs from you. And some of us love our little pigs. Oh, Pastor Eddie don't even have his Adidas on today and he's going there. We love our little pigs. We love some of these things that we hold that the devil has just said, it's okay for you to do this. It's okay for you to have this. You love your little pit anger, your little, your little you know, at this and that, your little pet sin and that. And Jesus is going to take all that away from you. And we've grown accustomed to having these things in our life. And I'm telling you, it's a lie from the devil. 
that tells you that you need your pigs. Look at what the pigs did. They ended up being filled with the devil and led to destruction. And so many things in our life that we are afraid to give up or afraid to let go. God is saying, just give me that because it's going to lead you to destruction. Many of our loved ones aren't serving Jesus today because they're afraid of what will cost them to serve Jesus. I am telling you it's from the devil himself. Your job as a believer is come alongside of them and say, man, you never have to give anything up to serve Jesus. It's all a trade-up. Somebody say trade-up. You don't give up, you trade-up. Jesus said, hey, give me your fear, I'm going to give you my, my faith. Give me your turmoil, I'll give you my peace. Give me your addiction, I'm going to give you recovery in your body, soul, and spirit. You believe that? You believe that? I thought for life that parents, you need to teach your kids, listen, there is one true God, and he is worth your undivided attention. He is worth anything you want. He is worth that, I'm telling you. And any other God is a false God. Another manifestation of the spirit. Now, you have the extreme spirit of fear, but you also have the fear of the cost of following Jesus, and you also have this one in Scripture. It's called the fear of man. This is another reason why people are afraid to come to Jesus. These pig farmers were afraid that they would lose their pigs. And as I said, I was in there. I thought, I, you know, I didn't want to give up some things in my life. I didn't know I've, serving Jesus was all about the life. I thought it was about what all of that is. But here's another one that gets many of us, and I'm telling you, it is from the pit himself, and it is the fear of man. Proverbs says the fear of man brings a snare. Everybody say snare. He says, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. The fear of man will bring a snare. That's, oh, I want to serve Jesus, but I'm afraid what my friends will say. Man, I, I would love to serve Jesus. I know I need to, some, some watching on this channel, they watch on YouTube, but they won't, they won't like log in and say they are. They, they want to, that Jesus has drawn them in, but they're so afraid what would happen if their friends or family knew that they were watching our services and they were even thinking about coming to Jesus. I'm here to tell you that that's a lie from the enemy. And we're going to pray that today in the name of Jesus. That's going to be broken off of your life. And you're going to be able to take that step of faith and walk right out of it and say yes to Jesus because you are on your way to bondage and the enemy has got you on a path that leads to destruction. You think you're okay, but it's a path that leads to destruction. And I'm here to expose the devil today telling you it's all a trick of the enemy and he come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's leading you away from God. But Jesus came that you may have life and have life more abundant you can have this new life be afraid of what people are going to say and I remember that being younger especially when I came to Christ I was afraid of what people would say when I would serve Jesus the Bible says that there were people in the Bible that tried to serve Jesus Zacchaeus was a little man remember that old song he was a short little man he, the Bible says he tried to see Jesus but he couldn't because of the crowd the crowd was, is still here today, still keeping people from coming to Jesus. It's the crowd that will try to keep people from following Jesus. Believers can also battle this spirit of fear. And then I'm getting into closing time. I want to pray today for freedom in Jesus' name. But believers, and some of you are uh, battling this spirit of fear right here you know, you'll want to get water baptized. You're, you're saved. You love Jesus. And you want to get water baptized. You want to take that next step. But the fear has hit you every time you, you go to sign up. You want to get involved in ministry, but you're afraid. 
First time I was asked to get involved in ministry, I was, it was the funniest thing. I was just praying. I just got saved, was going to church, loving Jesus. And, man, I said, Lord, I need to get involved with church. You know, pastors always talk about needing help. It was a big church, a lot of thousands of people there. But he just, they always, every church needs help. Every church operates on volunteers. I mean, it's just it's no secret. We all know it. Amen. And so I'm like, where do I fit in, God? What gifts? Lord, please use me. I'm up in my prayer closet. God, show me what you want to do. An hour later, I get a phone call from a guy in our church, and this church had a satellite church, and they had a little church, and they needed a drummer, and he found out I played drums. He said, hey, Ed, I heard you got saved, and I remember you. I'm friends with your brother, you know, Steve, and I was like, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, I need a drummer. And I said, like this Sunday in front of people? I was on the phone with that guy for an hour telling him why I could not play drums. Melinda's in the background going, I'm like, well, you know, I don't know these newer songs, and, and, and I haven't been. And he goes, oh, yeah, but you can play it. Listen, I, I leave work, and he's telling me all this. For an hour, I sat there and said I could. Hung up the phone. I went downstairs. My wife says, you chicken. And the Lord said, didn't you just ask me? Didn't you just ask me? Where can I serve in the church? Some of you might have asked that today. You were hit with four opportunities in Jesus' name. QR code assembly. That's what we are. Some of y'all might be tired of them. Q Why does he always have these QR codes for this reason right here? Because 90% of Christians who don't get involved end up falling away from your faith in two years. Why I go to church? I ain't got no responsibility. Listen, get your name on a rotation somewhere. Get your name on some calendar. Paul told Titus in your Bible, it says, tell your people to be fruitful in good works. It is for their benefit. When I, so I called him back. You know what he said? Ed, I'm so sorry. You just got another drummer. And the Lord taught me a lesson that time. So what I, I signed up for kids ministry, found out that wasn't my calling. But anyway, I got in there. She went right in. I went into bus ministry, and, and here we went, we went on. But I had to fight that spirit of fear. I still got to fight that spirit of fear. Some of you had to fight that spirit of fear. The Lord wants you to get filled with the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Spirit. And you've been told, you come to a church like this, and you see people raising their hands. You see people on their knees. We have music, and, and you're not raised to that, and you're afraid. You're like, man, I want to worship God. Something in you is saying, worship God. This is, seems so right, but fear has got you stuck and won't let you even worship the Lord. Something as simple as that. I'm telling you, it's from the devil, and we're going to bite him today in Jesus' name. And you need to learn to fight over it. What's the last scripture? Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, stir up the gift of God that is in you. This is believers. You can have the spirit of God in you and the devil oppressing you and stopping you from going further in your faith because of fear. This is what the unbelievers battle. This is what our friends and family battle. They would come to Jesus, but they're afraid of what it may cost them. Afraid of what people might say to them. And for many believers, it's just afraid we are affected by the same way. We're going to break that in Jesus' name. It's God's will to walk in freedom. Next thing you know, I got involved in ministry. My first ministry was sharing the faith at, at a soup kitchen. That's how I got my start in ministry. Wasn't a, they didn't introduce me, pastor, so-and-so. I didn't even have a pastor. 
didn't have any of that because it's not in the titles. I got in front of people that were homeless and I opened the word of God to them and treated them as if I was standing in front of hundreds of people today. How did I do it? I overcame that spirit of fear. Some of you are called to do things in ministry. You're called to be involved in ministry and the devil says, oh, you can't, God can't use you. I'm telling you, no one is beyond God's reach. And it's time for us to shake it off because I'm going to show you in these coming weeks how we need to unite these gifts and abilities because we got a lost community. And you got people in your family that are lost and going to hell. If they died right now, they would be in eternity forever. That's why God was so dramatic by sending his only son to die on a Roman cross and have his blood shed. What, a, what was all of that? If all other paths lead to God, why did God have to do that? Because he's the only way to get to heaven, because he's the only way that sin can be broken off of your life, including the spirit of fear. So, Father, we just close this service out today. I'm going to ask the worship team to come as I close this service out. Thank you, Jesus, that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. Can we just stand to our feet right now in this place? And I'm just going to open up these altars here. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, you know about all these demons, you don't know about all that, you just know you are away from Christ. Deep inside, you, you, want, you want to serve Jesus. But you got something holding you back. I'm telling you, that's a lie from the pit of hell today. You can surrender your life to Jesus today. And before I open it up for all Christians and for everybody, I just want to single out those that may not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm going after you right now. You say, pray for me today. I need Jesus. With every head bowed, would you just listen to my voice? If you're here today and say, I need Jesus. Christians, are you praying? This is spiritual warfare right here. Christians, are you praying? If you're here today and say, I need to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, raise your hand right where you say, pray for me today. Pray for me today. Amen. Hands going up. Lift them up high. Pray for me today. I need to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Way in the back. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you that are at home, put your name in the chat there. We want to pray for you and pray for you right now. Know who you are. You accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. You can put your hands down. The rest of you would say, Pastor Eddie, I love Jesus. I got the Spirit of God in me, but I'm in some spiritual warfare. The devil is fighting me, and he's got me so afraid that I've just neglected. I'm just not going after God like I used to. It might be because of the pigs. I'm afraid of losing pigs. It might be because of it, but it's a spirit of fear, and I feel like it is, and I want to get free today. How many will lift your hands today and say, I need to get free from the spirit of fear today? It's tormented me long enough. Hands everywhere. This is what I'm going to do. Altar team, why don't you come down? We're going to sing one song. We're going to sing another song. Altar team, get in position. Feel this hope. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, and God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his 
presence, his promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.